0: My name's Jalen. My name's Morgan. And my name's Lindsay. And you're listening to the 301 The
1: Redirect podcast. 301 The Redirect.
0: So, as you heard, we have Lindsay on our podcast today. She is our graphic designer here at Trademark. Hi, I love my job and I love colors
2: even more. Um, I'm very excited to be talking to you guys about something that we're all so passionate
0: about and that controls our everyday lives. Yeah. All right. So as normal, we're going to start with an icebreaker pop quiz.
1: So for our first question, we have, what is color, Lindsay? Describe what color is to us.
2: So color can be a combination of either pigment or light, and that affects things differently. So you have different wavelengths that influence your retinas that create these color hues that range anywhere from red to purple, and then anything in between that with uh, different variances of tints, shades, and tones. Okay. So, Nate,
1: (laughs) what's your favorite color and why?
2: It's a really good question. I, like, bounce all over the place. Um, I really like purple just because it's really warm and it makes me happy inside, but, Uh like, practically, probably sage green just because, like, it looks good on everything. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And we'll get into more color details later, but our second question is name the primary colors that are used regularly. So you have uh, typically primary colors
2: are considered to be red, blue, and yellow, and that's mostly in pigment. Uh, And then primary colors as far as light is RGB, so red, green, and blue, because it operates differently. Gotcha.
1: And can you name the secondary colors as well? So that would be orange
2: and then green and purple. So it is a combination of all the primaries.
1: Yep. And for our last question we have, what are the tertiary colors? So that would be more maybe like chartreuse. Um, you
2: could get like vermilion, like a really brilliant like red orange. Like, so the tertiary would be the combinations of the secondary colors, so it's like the next mm. step down of being a little bit more specific. So that's where you get kind of like those silly names, like Celadon or like Aqua. Mm.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's interesting to know. I knew about primary and secondary colors, but the tertiary colors, I don't think I really ever heard of. And reading the definition of it now and hearing your response, it does make sense. I just never heard that term before.
0: Yeah, we like funny terms in art, that's for sure. (laughs) We can put a name on anything. (laughs) right? So getting into color theory and color psychology, how would you define those, Lindsay? so it's just sort of the way that
2: color operates within our world and it's not something that might be at the forefront of everybody's mind when they're kind of like walking down the street looking at signs or looking at different brands and shopping in stores it's surrounding us all the time so color theory is more so what we think colors do to us and then the color psychology is the feelings that those colors evoke so they kind of Hmm. are tied together but they're different in their own right hmm absolutely So with that, too, it's always important to remember context because context is everything. Everything's relative, just like Einstein says. Um, So if you have red, for instance, in a hospital setting, it can mean caring, great, awesome. But if it's splattered on the walls, it probably will feel like blood because Mm -hmm. it's a hospital. So Mm -hmm. you always have to just be aware of what your context is, not only, or I guess really geographically, because not only is it, per building, per area, per industry, but it's also per country, per region.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because colors mean different things in different countries, don't they?
2: All over the world it's actually really crazy so that's something as a global company that you really really have to consider that you might not even think to at certain points because Mm -hmm. for instance in India orange is like a really sacred color but in America orange is like not a big deal it's like Fanta Mm -hmm. or in China blue is actually a feminine color whereas Hmm. you can see from all the gender reveal parties that boys are usually associated with blue so you know, with different branding and things, if you go out with this really hard blue, like, oh, big masculine thing, and then you want to open your market to China, then it might not be as Mm -hmm. good as you think it is.
0: Interesting. So how does that kind of tie into our everyday lives?
2: So it actually is a really, really big part of our lives that we really don't even think about. Um, The more you go into design and start thinking about, like, logos and that sort of thing, the, the whole world opens up in a way it's really odd to, like, drive down the street and you're noticing, like, oh, wow, I wonder why they used blue for this letter and then green for this letter in their mm-hmm. logo set. Like, there must have been, like, some really interesting psychology to go by that. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, it's a garbage company and they have a really strong green. So that would normally imply that they're trying to be a more environmentally friendly, whereas, mm-hmm. like, a garbage company using red is trying to be, I don't know, more powerful and, like, mm-hmm. a little bit more out there than the
0: company. Hmm. What about here at TM? Our branding here is kind of, the colors are a bit, softened but we do have you know kind of a bright red with you know accent colors like a orange which we call terracotta so what does that say about us here at tm
2: so that's very vibrant and i think that's really reflective of who we are as a team and what we try to be as a company it's very vibrant fun and kind of a powerful color that is kind of out there and like i feel like if Vermilion, our logo color, was like out there walking down the street. He'd be out there like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, oh, my (laughs) God, I can't believe it's you again. Like, how have you been? Mm -hmm. And he'd be just like super upfront, very nice, like really out there. We also, our other colors in our set are analogous. So we have orange and then the brown is uh, that we use, which is our rye. And then pewter is sort of inspired by an orangey hue, but it's a little bit more gray. Those are analogous sets, so you would have the terracotta sitting right next to the vermilion. So those are very like kind of zen together, and they just kind of fit well. And then you have the different tones and shades of that orange, which is where our browns and stuff in the color set comes from. So it creates like a really nice harmony between all of our set, Mm -hmm. um, which is the reason why we can have so many colors. Since commonly people will tend to use two to three colors, which Mm -hmm. we tend to err on the side of using only the vermilion and then some differing of the grays so we have our three primary color set Mm -hmm. and then we also have our secondary color set that we use just to enhance any branding that we need like a little extra spice on Hmm.
0: now you mentioned that our our branding in terms of our the colors that we use is an analogous color set what exactly does that mean
2: so Every color set is defined by the colored wheel. So if you look at it, and you know, it goes pretty much around in a circle in a rainbow, mm-hmm. where purple and red are touching each other. So analogous is like neighbors. So they're like buddies. So oh, okay. red and orange, orange yellow, etc., all the way around. And mm-hmm. then you have other color sets like complementary color sets, which are a little bit more bright and punchy. Uh, lots of like sports teams and things that are like,
1: oh my god, mm-hmm. like
2: that is someone that would use a complementary color set. Um, Analogous tends to be a little bit more subdued, a little classier in general, I guess. Hmm. Um, and then you can also do like a triadic, which would be, you know, using like, say, the primary color set, which would be like your red, yellow, and uh, blue. Hmm.
1: Interesting. interesting. Very interesting. So keeping with the theme of orange, since we've been talking about orange a lot, the context of it has been very interesting to me since I've been preparing for this podcast. So in the Western cultures, which is the United States and Western Europe, I thought that it was pretty funny that it says it's a kid a friendly color, which, you know, we see all the time, mm-hmm. like different brands like Nickelodeon is orange. But mm-hmm. then it also applies to impulse buyers, which goes back to our previous two podcasts talking about market segmentation and buyer behavior and personas. So that's one color that, if you know you're an impulse buyer, you might want to stay away from it because that can get you to, you know, purchase more things. Mm-hmm. Avoid so, that Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought that that was very interesting in how all the colors around the world like have different meanings. Mm-hmm. Just like you said with um, orange. And the Middle East, it means danger, mourning, or loss, but we see it as more friendly um, and more happy. Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's just super interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating kind of how cultures can shape meanings for, you know, things like color, which is at its most basic form, it's just light waves but how that can mean different things to people in different cultures and how it, there's not really a consistency for it. So mm-hmm. that kind of shows that it's just a man-made feeling guided by culture, which is really interesting.
2: Sure. Right, yeah. it's it's pretty cool. So there's a couple different ways that you can kind of look at it with um, the cultural association and then more of like a natural selection type association. So mm-hmm. there's things that we all just like inherently relate. So like blue, water, sky, mm-hmm. yellow, yeah. sun, gra- uh, green, grass, trees, nature. Uh, So these are like more natural associations that we have developed over the millennia uh, evolving into these Mm -hmm. awesome creatures that we have become. Um, (laughs) And then we have our cultural associations, which have also evolved over time to, you know, be meaningful of like flag colors and different religious associations for things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a lot of times where those other different cultural associations will come from. For instance, like black and white can mean really interesting things, uh, especially in like Asiatic cultures where they operate on like the yin yang. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most commonly I feel that black is often associated with male masculine energy, Mm -hmm. however it's flipped in uh, like Japan and Korea, Oh, they actually associate black with a female. Hmm. Um, And then same thing with their funeral attire, they wear
1: white to funerals often. And I thought that was super interesting because Mm -hmm. we're the opposite here.
0: Right. Yeah, because here, like in Western culture, white kind of represents life and Mm -hmm. then darker colors represent death, which is why you wear white on your wedding day, but you wear black to funerals. Exactly.
2: Right. So, I mean, it could be also that differing religious view, whereas, like, they're more about, like, reincarnation Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're seeing the white as, like, just that next step, and it's just, like, repetitive. But then the black is actually, like, the final calmness, and it's actually, like, something that you would want to get to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, it's just sort of interesting, like, you start thinking about these things and realize, like, how wild the world is. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: definitely. And just how many layers there are to understanding colors Mm -hmm. so circling back to logos and how companies choose the colors to not only represent their company in general but how they use color in their logos I know when we were discussing ideas for this podcast uh, we were talking about how blue has a lot of social implications which is why most of our social applications like Facebook Twitter Tumblr LinkedIn I could keep you know naming them they're all blue so why do you think that is
2: Well, blue is a very secure color. Uh, It's commonly associated with like kind of safety, caring and just like a general sense of calm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can also be kind of like the blues, obviously, like the depression aspect of it. But that in common day is kind of, I think, being phased out where we're seeing a lot of like these uh, social companies adopting it. And it is just becoming synonymous almost with networking, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. And I think it's great. I love it. I think it's like a really great association. Now when I see companies, um, even like Pinterest, I'm kind of surprised that it's not blue just because mm-hmm. of that like precedent that's been set forth by all these other uh, other
0: brands. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I know I read somewhere once that the color blue actually keeps you awake longer. And so that's why a lot of social apps use blue in their backgrounds or even just in their branding because it encourages you to use their app you know longer
1: yeah especially with twitter because tweets can you know go on and on and on so they want you to stay on there as long as possible Mm -hmm. so that definitely does make sense Mm -hmm. and uh
2: blue light has a really interesting effect on the brain it actually like does cause you to stay up later so that's why there's Mm -hmm. like rising rates of insomnia now because Mm -hmm. everybody's on their phones before they go to bed yeah Um, you're inundated with all these Blue apps and which is great when you're awake and mm-hmm. you're looking for it, but like you're just trying to get a couple of tweets on your way to bed. Like it's not not mm-hmm. as
0: ideal, right? <laughs> yeah, which I think is also why you know there's the rise in blue light glasses, which mm-hmm. Lindsay's wearing right now. Yep, I have some too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like we mentioned before, how blue actually is a really feminine color in the Far East, in like China and around that area. It's funny because in Western culture, pink and blue actually used to be flipped in terms of their connection with traditional gender roles. Before World War II, blue was seen as a soft feminine color and pink was seen as a really strong masculine color. So during World War II, the roles actually flipped and blue became associated with uh, masculinity and strength, whereas pink became associated with being a very soft color and being very feminine. and those kind of associations have stuck in our western culture to this day Mm -hmm. but pink i feel like is actually kind of having a a renaissance
2: i would say so i absolutely love seeing pink brands uh, especially like larger brands that kind of break out from the makeup and like feminine markets Mm -hmm. just because it is a great color and a lot of what's so weird about pink as something to use like in your branding is that it is actually like a derivative of red, which people often forget. Mm -hmm. So when you do turn down, like say I have like a red brand that I'm working with, you turn it down and that logo becomes pink. And it's really strange because you can't really use tints and shades of it. Yeah. Uh, So you're really stuck on this one color. So you have to fixate on what you want as far as like vibrancy goes and tonality. And so it's really cool that a lot of these different companies, like for instance, Lyft, we were just talking about the other mm -hmm. day, how they have like great pink logo Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel feminine. It's a very bright, punchy pink. It's like Mm -hmm. really in your face. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, obviously like what that company would want to be. They're trying to be there for you when you need it. And this is going to be there. It's going to be fast. It's going to be professional, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of flipping the script for pink. And, you know, you see it in T-Mobile as well. Uh, Which we really, really don't see a lot of pink in like any type of tech Mm -hmm. that's mobile phones, but it's kind of within the tech field, I Mm -hmm. think. And then obviously we see it in, you know, Barbie and Cosmo
0: and Vicky's. Yeah, the more traditionally feminine brands. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think going back to Lyft, I think pink actually works really well for them considering. You know, Uber came out before Lyft did and their branding is kind of dark blues and grays and kind of a very masculine vibe. And I know a big social concern in using, you know, ride sharing apps is that women don't always feel safe. And so I think that that's really benefited Lyft because Mm -hmm. it kind of shows kind of just a subliminal association with femininity. And it's really worked out well for Lyft, I would say.
1: Yeah, and I use Lyft, more than uber and i just think i never even you know paid attention most of the time to the logo being pink i think it was more like a subliminal um thing for me like i just from the first time i used it it was like a great experience and from there it just keeps getting Mm -hmm. better so i just feel like because it's pink and because it has that like tonality to it it just you know works for me Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's a bright and inviting color but it's Mm -hmm. also vibrant and it I don't know. It kind of just makes me feel like it's like speedy.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I agree with Mm that. I think something else
2: to really consider about it is that it's often paired with white in their Mm -hmm. branding, whereas Uber is often paired with black. So you have kind of a light mode versus a dark mode. Mm -hmm. And in something that is concerning like safety to me, I always want to go with the light mode just Mm -hmm. subliminally. The light is safer. You know, you're kind of like not really wary of anything. The white is culturally just kind of like a bright open thing. It's spacious and like you can kind of see everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to Uber, you have this really dark overall with white text on it, which maybe it's harder to read. And I'm kind of looking Mm -hmm. for information a little bit more, which I want everything to be really straightforward and feel like very, very confident in all of these decisions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very interesting take on it and I think
1: it's working out really well for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point and it ties into Target's logo like red and white Mm -hmm. and how a lot of people just feel free and open to go into the store how they love the brand and how they can just feel like you know, they don't need a certain product, I can just buy it anyway because I feel safe, I like the store, I like what they stand for. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much ties into that as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the you, it's not something you might think about, but that secondary color that they're using as like their background is really, really thought through. So like that white background, um, even between the rings and the Target logo, for instance, it is showing, you know, you have these bright punches of really fun, great color, it's trustworthy and, um, It's just very comforting and warm overall. And then you have this white, which kind of breaks it up and says like, okay, well, we're really awesome in these ways, but we also can serve you in these ways too. It's also very open, we're spacious and we're caring and we're here for you. So Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoy your experience. And especially with uh, Convent and all these new technologies that have been coming out, it's really interesting to see the different methods that you can go about choosing your colors. So say you're just this brand, you just kind of started out, I identified that I want green to be my color, but I really don't know where else to go from that. I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like an environmental agency, and I know that this is going to be the best color for the forefront, my primary color, my logo but I really don't know what do I want my secondary and tertiary colors to be in my color set. So we have all of these really great tools now that actually will curate your colors for you. Uh, something like Coolers, which is a really great website that mm-hmm. you can just enter a hex code and it'll like serve you up a bunch of different combinations. Or recently Adobe just released Adobe Colors, which is a really, really cool web mm-hmm. application. Um, So, it's really making things a lot easier for designers. You don't have to think about it as much. You can just decide, like, you can literally just decide, like, oh, well, I want an analogous color scheme because I want this to be really classy and feel like super smooth. And then it'll just serve you up whatever you want. If you want three to five, and then you're pretty
0: much done. And it kind of takes
2: all the heavy lifting out of it for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that colors are so much more than red, orange, yellow, you know, there's bright oranges, there's like mm. pumpkin, there's a ton of different tones and hues that you can have to each color, so it can be overwhelming when you know you want, you know, green, but what kind of green and right. what do you want to pair with that green? It can be, you know, a lot of decisions to make. So these tools are awesome because, you know, if you don't like one of the combinations they come up with, you can just click shuffle and find a new one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And then that's even cooler with the coolers because you can save like two of your colors and it'll just continually serve up more until you're finally there, which again helps design become a little bit more accessible for people, which I think is really great that they can be their own brand ambassadors and Mm -hmm. and really run and own their brand, which Mm -hmm. is great. So like we're thinking about how, you know, Lyft has the pink and white and that has like this really subliminal effect of that light mode versus dark mode and kind of translating to safety, at least in the case of a lot of women. Uh, So this is really interesting, kind of thinking about, like, the emotional implications that things have that you would never even consider, like, you would just walk up to, like, this big scary building with, like, this scary font. It's all in dark blues, and it has, like, a big black stroke on the Mm -hmm. outside, and it just looks very, very intimidating. Yeah. And you're probably not thinking, like, why is this intimidating to me? It's your brain's just registering it there. Mm -hmm. Or, like, a big bright red if you're, like, in kind of a bad mood, like... I'm probably going to go to the restaurant or the coffee shop with the green sign if I'm not feeling like having a bunch of stuff in my face. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when you're going through your branding process, it's really important to consider these subtle emotional contexts of things. Um, You know, so if you are trying to appeal to a certain market and you know that that market is, for instance, like mustard yellow is really, really in this year. Uh, And you know that your market is going to be like kind of into that mustard yellow, then you might consider looking into like what the emotional connotations of that is. Mm Personally, I get like a really warm feeling from it. Mm-hmm. And whereas like you have like a caution yellow, which would be like a really bright yellow, like you'd see at like a stoplight or something. And that can actually evoke feelings of anxiety and worry. And it starts to make people question things if it is really, really predominant in your branding. Mm-hmm. So having mm-hmm. that muted tone of that actually is a lot more advantageous to a lot of people. Um, so it's always something to kind of consider when you're like running through your branding and doing all that stuff is maybe just kind of get a couple swatches and show them to people and get like three words from everybody like, how does this make you feel? Does it make me feel good, bad, in between? And then does it make you feel like you want to go out and do something or if it makes you want to sit down
0: and enjoy yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all, you know, you can take a lot of different approaches to choosing your colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like it's an easy choice when you're trying to, you know, come up with colors to represent your brand. It's an easy Mm -hmm. choice to go with your favorite color, but you may not always consider, you know, what that color means to other people, just because it's your favorite color. Like personally, my favorite color is orange, like a very bright orange. Mm-hmm. But I would be hesitant to using that in any branding for, you know, if I were to start a new company or, um, you know, things like that. I would be hesitant towards using that color just because it kind of is such a loud, in-your-face color, and perhaps that's, you know, not the tone that I'm going for when I'm, you know, starting this a, a new company or things like that.
1: Right. And like Morgan said, it's important not to go, off your, to go off of your favorite colors, but also just not colors that you just think look good together. Uh-huh. You also have to just make sure that they um, have that certain meaning that you're looking for and that they attract the people well. Because if they don't, then your brand basically can fall flat, which won't be good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because the, the color
2: really, really is involved in how memorable your brand is. So if you have like a typical mm-hmm. black and white logo, it's been shown that it's probably going to be remembered a little bit less than if your logo's like even that punchy orange. But say you're a construction company mm-hmm. and you're like trying to rip off the fact that you're using all these cones, then probably that bright orange is going to yeah. be really great for you. Mm hmm.
0: However, if you're starting a new spa in uh, the middle of nowhere as like a retreat, you're probably not going to want to choose a bright tic tac orange. Right.
2: Yeah. So you got different
1: applications. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Time there's, and place. yeah. There's yeah. Mm-hmm. There's context
0: for all color usage. No color is a bad color in my opinion. Nope. But
1: you just gotta know how to use it. Or yeah. When to
0: use it. Exactly.
1: So thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your insights on color theory and color psychology. So we'll have a download below of the top resources that we mentioned in the podcast episode and a downloadable of five color meetings.
0: So let us know in the comments if you are starting to now feel indifferent towards your company's colors or if you feel even better and more confident about them. Thanks for tuning in to the Trademark Productions 301, the redirect podcast, and we'll catch you next week.